1995, Tyndale House Publishers released a novel that became a multimedia franchise, a novel that made Jerry Falwell say, in terms of its impact on Christianity, it's probably greater than any other book in modern times outside the Bible. I'm not kidding, he said that. The success of the books led to four films. That was left behind. And this is God, fellas! Saddle up with Mickey and me As we head on an adventure in Odyssey We'll focus on the family with a veggie tale The greatest adventure with great detail God, fellas, God, fellas Meeting online for a small group time God, fellas, God, fellas Christian media, guitar rewind Hello and welcome to Godfellas, the podcast that has never read a Left Behind book. I'm Mr. Zach. I'm Miss Hannah. And tonight, ever since this podcast was announced, the main question has been, when will you do Left Behind? You've sent us pictures of Left Behind. It's been all Left Behind. When is Left Behind going to happen now? Left Behind is going to happen now. And it is it is the Kirk Cameron one. Maybe one day we'll do the Nicolas Cage version. Uh, I, I've... I've seen both, and uh, I have things to say. But, you know, a lot of people wanted to be guests on this episode. Like, a lot of people, when they're like, I'd love to be on your show. Well, what Christian media do you know? Left Behind. Lots, like, dozens, (laughs) dozens of people. But we have a very special guest with us today that, uh, Hannah, I think it would only be right if you introduced our guest for the day. Why? No, I'm kidding. Um (laughs) Um, how do I begin to describe our guest today? Um, deep, introspective, funny, talented, and a joy to be around. That's extra funny because it's her middle name. Uh, I would like to welcome our special guest who is a, um, currently she is the, um, pastor and also like college pastor of a fellowship group at a Christian college near her church. Um, She is a mother. She is an actress, singer extraordinaire, and uh, did a lot of super cool things, uh, both in college and while getting her master's. Please welcome my sister, Emily Stother. Thanks, guys. Super excited to be here. I didn't realize you had such a lineup. I'm extra honored that I get to discuss this with you tonight. I am the chosen one tonight. (laughs) You are. I think you'll be the first of my sisters to listen to the podcast (laughs) by being on it. Uh, (laughs) I have three sisters for those listening. So let's just say that maybe Emily takes the favorite spot this week. Yes. So also I've known Emily since 2000. Well, I've been friends with you since 2012. I knew you before that, but uh, Emily and I, uh, we were involved in a traveling production of the Chronicles of Narnia, which we'll be talking about Prince Caspian next week. So that's coincidental that that ended up 
that that ended up happening. Sure, welcome. <laughs> I'm a great segue. <laughs> but Emily was the uh, the stage manager, and it was that was my first time working with like a real stage manager because I'd just done improv and like school theater before. And you know, Emily was great, but also when we would talk about like the Bible and stuff like that, I think Emily was one of the first people who. Uh, I knew who was like encountering the Bible. I don't want to say on, on your own terms, but very much as like, I'm not subscribed to like, here's what this one pastor said, and I'm taking everything they said as gospel, mm-hmm. but as someone who really like went deeper. So I'm, I'm wondering where like that desire to kind of see for yourself, I'll say, uh, stems from. Um, I think part of it is I'm just a very contrary person by nature. <laughs> Um, I, I have always been, uh, as my mom would call it a back talker. Right. Uh, and so I, you know, I, I want knowledge and I want to make sure that an authority knows what they're talking about. So, uh, I've always been a pushback sort of person. Um, and I think, you know, having lived in a few different areas, gone to a few different schools had a few different, you know, youth leaders and all of that sort of thing. I think I've just encountered a lot of different perspectives. Um, Mm. And so in trying to figure out what makes sense to me and why I think faith should matter. um, There's just been a lot of listening and a lot of pushing back and trying to figure out, does this hold water? You know, is this going to work? you know, from it's something that I could understand and kind of ascribe, ascribe to. So um, maybe that, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. Another question too, and I've been thinking about this quite a bit is because as we mentioned, you pastor a lot of college students and I know that um, there's a lot of, you know, college age students who listen to this show. Um, for, for me, as I was getting older um, and, you know, I grew up minister's kid, so my parents were my pastors my whole life. But then kind of branching out, there's a sense of, well, how do I know if I can, like, trust my pastor and, and things like that? And, um, you know, you being in a position where there's, you know, a lot of people who are kind of coming into their own for the first time and who are, you know, maybe beginning to question things. I think um, I would just love to hear your thoughts on um, why people should take, like, a role in young adult ministry seriously. Mm, Yeah. So uh, it's funny. I was just talking with my dad this morning about how culture over the past, hey, uh, over the past (laughs) three to four generations has dramatically shifted, right? We've gone through uh, definite periods of um, where religion is accepted and is possibly the norm to something where um, religion is optional you know it's it's a it's something that most young adults nowadays most um, teenagers don't ascribe to any certain religion Uh, it's it's this huge cultural shift regarding uh, spiritual experience and I think for those of us who are in a Christian worldview Christian um, claim to be Christians and claim to to follow um, the Christian Bible and, and and that sort of thing and follow Jesus. Being a part of a young adult's experience in that one builds up your church community for the future, right? Mm-hmm. Two, 
by you taking an active role in that, you're showing them that someone who's already been there has come out the other side, deciding that it matters, deciding mm. that it's important. And three, you're holding space, right? That's something that uh, we talk about a lot in terms of uh, interpersonal interaction is holding space for things like questions, things where you might not know the answer, allowing someone the ability to come in to maybe push back and maybe ask uncomfortable questions and maybe get a little bit in your face, but knowing that that's a safe place to do so and then come back later, maybe with an answer, maybe not. Uh, you know, let's not lie. We don't have all the answers, right? Uh, but what? yeah, I know that was a terrible <laughs> thing for me to learn. Uh, but um, if, if we can show someone that they are welcome in all of their whatever they are, right? Um, then that's a, I think, I think it's a true witness to Jesus who welcomes us in whatever state we're in to him if we come honestly and openly. Um, and so if we can be that for someone else, uh, you know, what better witness is there to a God who loves them as they are and wants to seek them out no matter what state they're in, right? So I think it's, um, it's vital. Everyone wants to feel like they belong. And so for young adults who um, have enough brains in their head to, to kind of get after that, hold the space for their hearts to do the same. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, re that's really beautiful. And uh, thank you for sharing that. And, yeah. and, you know, speaking of not knowing all the answers, let's get into this week's episode left behind a global conspiracy international bankers always the same follow the money honey for world domination thousands of years we've waited generations and you have made it possible yes my friend now we are ready until in an instant the world is changed Cloud 10 Pictures, in association with Namesake Entertainment, proudly present Kirk Cameron. This is insane. People don't just disappear. Brad Johnson. I know where Mom and Rainey are. Chelsea Noble. They're not here. They're not anywhere. And Clarence Gilliard. I knew your message. I knew your words. Left Behind, the movie. So, so Hannah, did you grow up with the Left Behind series in any way, shape, or form? Uh, kinda. I feel like I got the tail end of the Left Behind stuff. Um, well, this movie came out in 2000. 2000 yeah. I was two. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I'm, I, this is, now they know my age. I knew what it was, but I felt like everything I knew about it was like, you know whether my sisters or like kids at school being like oh my gosh it's so scary and just talking about like the scariness of like the rapture and all of that I remember every single time because you know we went to Christian school uh, both Emily and I did every single time in like from kindergarten to third grade whenever they would talk about like creation and then the like for some reason we'd always talk about like creation into the fall of man into you need to accept Jesus so you can go to heaven 
I would always be like, I, I think I prayed like the like, Lord, I invite you into my heart prayer like 85 times in my childhood. I because I was so scared I wasn't saved because I was so scared of going to hell as a child, like as an eight year old. I don't know. So that's what I think Left Behind did for me. But I never read any books or watched any of the properties. Interesting. All right. Um, yeah. All right. And, and Emily, as this is, as you are our special guest, I'd, I'd love to hear about your uh, relationship with the series. And may I, may I just clarify now that we know we're from the same household? Yeah. Emily is the oldest and I am the youngest. So there is, uh, you'll see the gap there <laughs> in... In what we grew up with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because I was reading the series as it came out. So there was mm. no... There's like 16 book. books, right? I, who knows? What? I don't think I yeah. finished the series because there was some... Okay. You know, uh, the book would come out, you'd have to wait another year and a half or whatever for the next release. Uh, and so after a while, I, I ran out of time. I got into high school and... <laughs> Maybe five books in the series and then just got behind on things. You left it behind. I left it behind. <laughs> oh, man. Right. <laughs> and uh, for me, I was aware, never read the books. I don't remember my sister reading the books either. My, I think my main memory is I remember my parents showing this like on a Thursday night, which we had a, a group that would rent out our gym at the at the church for karate. And I was like doing karate. So they were watching Left Behind. And I remember like my parents not being psyched about it, almost like it wasn't their idea necessarily. And I remember like telling some of the kids, oh yeah, they're, they're watching Left Behind downstairs. And they were all like, really? Like, dude, those books are so good. And I was wow. Like, I don't remember, I think I was maybe six or seven, but I remember more the impact, but never really uh, got into it. That's not, and I mean, I, I don't want to show my hand too much here, but this isn't my favorite thing in Christianity. Like, I'm all about like the love of Jesus and like who he was and and you know i'm i'm all about the love and and you know the tender hearted mercy this was very much not my thing there was a huge culture since y'all are too young to remember this right um, oh i know there, exactly what you're talking about there's yeah a, there's a huge cultural movement and at the time we were yeah. living in uh, southwest ohio so you know right at the tip of the bible, bible belt mm -hmm. huge movement in in uh, evangelicalism at large Oh, yeah. Around this series. And it became yeah. the focus of Bible studies and sermon series and uh, just, you know, chatting amongst each other. And, you know, that was the first time that I remember hearing about pre-tribulation versus post-tribulation. Right. Rapture theology became this whole thing and it became a joke and a way to scare people. All at the same yeah. time, yeah. right? Yeah. Like anytime someone would fall asleep in class, we'd be like, "Let's all leave the room and make them think they got raptured," right? <laughs> like you can do oh that gosh. Christian school, yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah, uh, people will know what they're talking about. And <laughs> you know, anytime like you walk into a room and you feel like people should be there and they're not, that's your first thought, right? When you're a a, a prepubescent or you know a teen, an older teenager you're going was i left behind is that is that mm. what's happened to me right now was i not right enough with jesus 
yeah, it became a huge thing. Um, so mm. while it is not necessarily my thing now <laughs> to focus on um, end times and that sort of thing, uh, it was definitely my thing back then. Oh, sure. I I mean, I get that. And also, like, listening audience, if you don't remember, this came out, like, around Y2K, where, like, universally, everyone was just like, hey, like, it's about to be curtains. So, like, there were Christians reading this as, like, sacred text, as, like, almost like a survivor's guide. Left behind yeah, I- as eschatology. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, survivor left behind. You can thank me later, CBS. No, no, um, thank you. I no, but I I I felt like I got the tail end of that, like fear of the end times coming. Like I remember a good portion of my childhood, every single day thinking, "Is today going to be the day? Mm. Like, is today going to be the day that the world ends, and Jesus is going to come down?" And you know, now I don't think about that. I've been thinking about it this week, but that's because <laughs> we watched this. <laughs> uh, yeah. But you know, you it, you know, I and I never could have guessed as a as a child like that was all motivated by this, you know, or this mm. kind yeah. of uh theming that we freaked out about for a hot minute. Well, I remember like the first time I read like Revelation being really like freaked out as a kid and then like hearing about like oh, that's what that's what Left Behind is about. You should you should read those books cuz it's going to be, you know, good. I think that's kind of why this has always, like I said, not been my thing because I've I've been more interested in other uh, portions of scripture personally. That's probably good for you because one of the things that uh, what that reminded as I was watching this movie, one of the things that it kind of like struck with me was that there's a little bit of um, like church trauma around that. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. You know, I'm rewatching this and I'm getting some feels that I did not want to have. Like, <laughs> some, you know, there's some, uh, there's some, some stuff brought up. Uh, and I, you know, having to deal with that again, you know, however many, 20 years later, right. 20 years after it premiered. Mm, uh, wow. Goodness. Yeah, wow. it, turned, it turns 20 or turns 20 already. Like Yikes. this movie. Ah, uh. so, <laughs> Mm. most of your lifetime so yeah <laughs> true here's the dangerous question um did mom or dad ever preach about left behind you know not i don't think knowledge. so yeah that um, doesn't seem like their they yeah style i'm not sure exactly uh where they land on all of that in terms of like the whole pre-trib post-trib um yeah, i'm not sure i've ever type of thing mm. so yeah but i know like my youth leaders definitely did like it yeah. became mm-hmm. a topic in like core cadets and bible study and things like that and i think mom attended some of those bible studies or whatever like with us a couple of times women's groups or whatever but i don't think they ever they were very much aware that this was a novel and not mm-hmm. yeah the bible yeah very yeah. true they were, ready, well, they were ready to say you know exactly that right like this is not this is not jesus talking these are people writing right yeah so, yeah and, yeah and Thankfully. i will say the of the two writers and the, i mean i might be showing my hand politically here a little bit also 
But like one of them, Jerry Jenkins, uh, Dallas, I'm sorry to talk about your dad, but um, into the chosen jar, into the chosen jar, Uh, Jerry Jenkins, who was like a, a, he was a sports writer and was like brought in to uh, co-write this with Tim LaHaye, who is not a good dude. Yeah. Tim LaHaye, not the best person. Uh... He's done a lot of shady, shady stuff. And um Is he the one that made sure the president got into <laughs> heaven during the the rapture? <laughs> probably. Probably. Movie. He but he's been like a spiritual advisor for like a lot of different political leaders and has even kind of like pushed this like, hey, the world is ending soon agenda to them and been like, that's why we have to do like X, Y, and Z like as quick as possible. So he's definitely like abused his power here and there. And like, again, not, not the best person and Jerry Jenkins, who's like a real writer. So I feel like maybe Jerry's the reason people liked these, these books, but also I like looking into them, they are bananas violent. Like they are intense. Yeah, so I was, where were we? I don't remember, but we pulled up somewhere and I had brought one of the books with me in the car um, and mom and dad went in some party, get together, possibly a family funeral, not sure. Um, and so, yeah, I wish <laughs> Who I was knows kidding. where we were? <laughs> I wish I was kidding, but I almost feel like that was it. Um, the, the after funeral family meal. And they walked mm. in and left me in the car for a couple of minutes because I had like two pages left. And I don't, I can't even tell you which book it was, but there was one of the books, a character that I had gotten really attached to gets killed off at the end of this book. And I walk into this whatever gathering with like tears streaming down my face, you know, at 15 or whatever. And And they were like, like, thank you you for sympathizing. (laughs) Yeah, right. Thank you for mourning the loss. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I did, people were. Mom and dad were like, what's wrong? <laughs> that's, not, that's not my morning style either. Yeah. But I was, was like, it's fine. There's just a sad part in the book. Tim LaHaye, Tim LaHaye, his dream was to, his dream, as he said, was always to see this movie on a big screen with a first-rate cast and a first-rate crew and to see like a, a big budget, you know, real movie. And uh, then he got left behind with Kirk Cameron and was so disappointed that he sued. <laughs> and Are you uh, I am 100% serious. I did yeah, not he sued. I didn't yep, either. He sued, and that's why they made the Nicolas Cage movie because that was like, this will do it. But we're not here to talk about that. Let's talk about the Kirk Cameron left behind. Wow. Which, Let's um, be fair. Yeah. Kirk Cameron was huge star power in sure. the early two, late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, like we have to remember, folks, this was like pre-fireproof and, and saving Christmas and all that other stuff. Like he was like a name. So and I'll say in this movie, compared to other performances, I was like, oh, Cameron is like he's here to he's here to work. Like he's acting. I want to say he's really? not. Here's the thing. I'm I'm gonna say he's not good, but no one is good. So I'm think I'm chalking that up to the director a little bit. So I'm like he I'm, is as he is better than the rest of the cast. He's still not good. He's still not good. <laughs> but you can tell that he's at least trying. Like 
there's no sense of like, I'm phoning this in. There's a real like, I'm going to be the big action star of this movie. I, I, I like to see it as it's much better than his fire poop performance. <laughs> um, that's what I call the movie. Um, and it's right. It's I feel like it's like right off his, his growing pains. Was that the yeah. name of the show? His yeah. growing pains days. Uh, right. Not so right he's off he's it, but no, this no, is, but a relatively break. speaking, yeah. So I think it's I it's fading, up. but it's not all gone. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I'm gonna fight you a little bit though, because yeah, uh, my homeboy from Matlock is in this movie. So uh, the guy oh. who plays uh, Pastor Bruce was on Matlock. Oh, no. seasons. No, he's my favorite. As terms of acting performance in the whole thing, I'll take him. He was the best one I thought out of that whole group. I mean, he was very loud. He was loud, <laughs> but there was a little bit more emotional expression out of coming out of him. Oh God! Then there, was, well, yeah, that part was weird. So <laughs> that part, that part was. Weird. I stood right here. But the rest of it was, I think, compared comparatively. By comparison, sure, sure. So, uh, this, this, uh, the, the, the plot of Left Behind, the first movie, is, uh, Buck Williams is a, is a news reporter, and there's some whole thing going on with tracks of land and whatever, and then, then the rapture happens. <laughs> and, uh, it's like, it's once you, st like, I started, like, explaining the plot, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this a mess it's a real mess yeah so if you had never read the books and you didn't know the plot going into this i don't think you would have found out until about a half an hour from the end of the movie yeah <laughs> yeah it yeah like me down. yeah like it's funny because friend of the show mitch dupree <laughs> i think we were going to do this episode like a year ago and then i got pushed back and he started watching the first one and he texted me and was like it's not good but I'm about to watch the second one. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about the Twilight series, but I don't feel like that about this. It, yeah, it's because I like the next one was on Prime. Like the minute this one was done, I was like, do you want to watch the next one? I was like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> let's watch anything else. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think the most I not to jump right to the end so quickly, no, but it. like I it ends with like Caterpillar killing the two Caterpillar! guys. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. I don't know. I didn't remember his name. Um Nikolai Carpathia. Which is so violent, like not expecting those gunshots like that. Didn't and then forget. it cuts to Kirk Cameron, like, and now I'm going to church to wait for the seven years to continue. It like it ends like so weird. It's no. I wasn't expecting it to like it definitely ends like you're gonna need to watch the next one. Yeah. Well. Well. Here, before we start, before we start slam dunking on the movie too much. Before was what too much? Is there anything in this film that we actually like enjoyed? One of the things, and it really doesn't have anything to do with the movie in and of itself. But the first time I watched it, I was like, it's not good, but at least the it feels like the director doesn't think he's making like a big epic. It feels like they know that you're watching this on like a 15 inch screen on a rolling cart, drinking burnt coffee in the Sunday <laughs> school room. It's like, like they seem, they seem very aware of that. The producers, I cannot say the same thing because when they sold this, when they sold this movie on VHS, it came with like a ticket to go see it in theaters because they thought that this was going to be much more successful than it was. And yeah, I mean, it, 
it did lose money like theatrically. It didn't do super well, but I, it's I, I yes, yes, yes. sorry. Of explosion in the middle. That's what that means. Yes, yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah, the CGI was. But think of the time. Um, that's what I got to tell myself. I actually thought the production, like the filming, actually looked like a a movie to me. When you you think about like Fireproof, where they like okay clearly filmed at a church. Sure. Now there are movies that do film at churches that are well done. Like I think of the Resurrection of Gavin Stone. Cha ching. Um, <laughs> but this one, I I don't know. I felt like it kind of passed on a like the made look of, for TV movie. Yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. But still, that's you know like High School Musical. This excuse me is a made for TV movie. I haven't even seen High yeah, School you can't Musical. Speak I can to tell that. you that that this is no High School Musical. You're right. High School Musical is better than this but what movie. If it, but what if it was? It's hard to believe the rapture. Okay. Yeah, Zach didn't like that I was making up songs. I'm left Emily, behind. did you did you like anything about this movie? Like now watching it, aside from your boy. Aside from my Matlock casting choice, um, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. really hard. Uh, I also thought. The, Me too. Uh, but, the boy uh, that played the son, I thought he was fairly good acting wise. So sure, I agree that he had like only two minutes. Oh, that reminds me. Hey, uh, how old is Chloe supposed to be? I want to say college age twenty. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. So I was like, I feel like they're putting down the foundation. Well, a- they they get married in the series, so I was like, why is Kirk Cameron hugging this child? she's not a child she's just younger now that we know that she's a she's not a minor that she is a legal adult he's a legal adult Mm. it's true yeah that feels better here's something i still strange here's something i will say that's real i liked the idea of the pastor being left behind i thought that that was a really cool idea that i to me, I wish the movie was about him, honestly, because like when you started talking about like the tracks of land and like the, I was like, oh, man, like who who cares? And the idea of like you know, I knew your message and I knew your word, but I didn't ever really believe it. I was like, this is kind of like this is kind of cool, and I think this might actually like, even if you don't walk away from this going like, oh, the end of the end of time is going to be really scary, you could maybe walk away from this going like, you know, why do I believe what I believe? Do I believe what I believe? So it's it's one of those things where I was like the side character, the idea of him is more compelling to me than like anything else in this movie. Yeah, I think that that true too is like one of the hooks for interchurch discussion, right? You know, are we going to be one of the ones that says, "Yeah, this is all fair game" until we're pushed on it, and then we go, mm, maybe, mm-hmm. "Maybe not." Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. let's trash it. Let's let's get let's trash this. Uh, movie. <laughs> also, can I just say anytime you guys bring up the tracks of land, I just jump right to Monty Python. Huge tracks of land every time. So I'm getting every, like, borderline every ridiculous t- right now, but it's fine. Every time he kept saying it in the movie, I was like, Stop. See, I keep thinking of the end of times. I keep thinking of the Parks and Rec episode where um the Hail Zorp cult is picking a new date for the rapture because it's like booked in the park (laughs) do you think that like 
how do you think this would this franchise would like go over today? Like if it were released today, I I hate it in today's context. I hate mm-hmm. it. Yeah, because for me, watching it in a 2022 mindset, right, with all of my experience and you know, in the in the world of deconstruction, right, um, mm-hmm. this is fear mongering, and it um, uh, it's heavy handed and. Mm. It, borderline well let's let's call it borderline ethnocentric and possibly yeah. christian nationalism if you see the symbolism I, I of like so. you've got the church you got the cross yep. in the middle and they got two american flags on either side right yeah Don't get me started about mm-hmm. flags and church i have a real issue with that um mm. <laughs> so like i just i think that all of it put together is awful in 2022 mm. I don't remember yeah. how I Could felt you... about it the first time I watched it, but in 2022, it's it's terrible. Yeah, I wonder if you could go into the fear mongering a little bit more because for me, I like I know so many people who were like, I remember going to like camp and kids like talking about like how scared they were of end times and them saying stuff and me going like, I don't remember reading that in the Bible. And then watching this movie for the first time, like as an adult and being like, oh, you, you were talking about this, you know, like, oh, you, you know, that's okay. So I wonder if you could get into just the idea of the fear mongering a little bit more. Cause I feel like that's so insidious or maybe not even that insidious. It's kind of like right up on front street, but I think maybe you speaking that would <laughs> for some people would be like, oh good. I don't have to think about it so i think it goes two ways right like i think it's uh fear-mongering for christians right yeah do you want to be left behind right one first of all do you want Mm -hmm. to be one who hasn't told your friends and family enough about jesus and be responsible Mm -hmm. for them being left behind yeah it's it's that fear of am i going to lose half the people closest to me type of thing Right. Like if I don't believe enough, like the pastor, if I didn't listen enough, if I don't have enough faith. Right. Um, am I right. am I doomed for seven years of hell on earth? Right. Like that Ooh. kind of that kind of thing. Like, is my faith strong enough? Which is a whole conversation. Right. But Jesus mm-hmm. talks about, you know, even small faith has impact. Right. Ooh. And how the only unforgivable sin is grieving the Holy spirit. It's not, are you unsure of Jesus return dates? You know, like, you know, like it's, I'm being very, very over dramatic here, but it's, it's too much. It's too much of the look at all of this wedding rings left behind and car seats filled with nothing and children's toys, solo <laughs> shot of a child's toy being you know dropped dogs. The floor sideways and the dogs like, the hamsters the dogs <laughs> i am so like it's it's terrible but then i think too like if you're not a christian watching a movie like this holy cow you must think we're nuts you must think we are out of our gosh darn minds right like mm-hmm. this is a, a way for you to tell a non-christian 
why they should believe in Jesus, because one day we're all going to be gone and you're not going to have anyone to tell you what's happening. And you'll just be sucked into the uh, evil plots of big yeah. corporations and big money and all of the terrible political leaders with the liberal agendas in the United Nations. You know, like... <laughs> Your military will declare martial law and threaten to shoot you for going out of your house. Like, Ugh. what in the ever-loving? Yeah. It's, it's... Well, even... To me, even, like, the characterization of, like, the character of Nikolai, who is, like, essentially, like, a socialist... And then yeah. they're like, he's the bad guy. Well, and I was no, like, not just how... he is the bad guy. Uh, he's the he baddest is the guy. Antichrist. Yeah. yeah. The Antichrist. Yeah. yeah. Cause because... like I'm 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 watching he's like, we need to feed these hungry people. Like look at these hungry people. Why won't you help? Stuff like that. And I was like, Oh, which I I mean, I guess there's something, you know, there's that phrase, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, like you can go there, but the movie doesn't want to go there. It yeah. just, it seems very much like, are you in line with our political beliefs? Well, well, you'll know he's the bad guy right away. Have you read uh, Kristen Dumetz? I believe is her name. She wrote the book, Jesus and John Wayne. I have the book. I've I've just started it. Okay. I have not. I, I have not read it, but my husband has. And uh, yeah. he and I chat about these things all the time. And so she is a historian. And in this book kind of lays out the history of kind of modern Christianity and its ties to political affiliation. And so fundamentalism oh, yeah. has, has woven its way historically into declaring everything that is remotely socialist, communist, whatever, being anti- right anti their political beliefs but then also because they've tied it in with their religious beliefs it's then anti-religious yeah. beliefs right. so yeah this is this is i don't even want to say at the height because i think we're still kind of in the height of saying socialism the is heights. the devil but uh, oh yeah so it's it's very much that kind of christian nationalism feel um kind of poking up right like anything that is not anything that's not good old-fashioned american capitalism is evil right it's it's these are very closely linked and if you're not watching it's easy to get swept up in it because fundamentalism and fundamental evangelicalism play to the emotional aspects of um of fears and things like that so that it, mm -hmm. you know so i think all of that kind of ties in as well when you've got this socialism thing and i you know i looked it up zach because that's what i do um yes. and the phrase is the road to hell is paved with good intentions and the, and the ending of that is like the road to heaven is paved with actions that were like good actions that were fulfilled it's not mm. the exact thing but like right you know we can we can talk all day long about how you say like it's a good it's a good idea but like I don't know. I just don't see how feeding people is purely an antichrist behavior. You know what I mean? Like, it, <laughs> sure, I, yeah. I can't. I'm yeah. sorry. Do you know where I work? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a whole Christian ethic, right? To feed people who yeah. are hungry. I'm pretty sure yeah. that some things about they that. They did so. work for their food. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know why I made that southern. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry to the south. 
I do want to say, like, I feel I was thinking while I was like driving to work tonight, like, I can't imagine having to watch this movie. And I know that I, I just had to watch it like for the podcast at home, but I mean, like, I can't imagine like being at the fellowship hall at church, having to watch this and then have a discussion about it afterwards. You know, like I was, I honestly don't know what I would say. I don't know how we could have a conversation that wouldn't end in all of us like yelling and screaming at each other. And I think when you get into stuff like this, that's like extra biblical but it's sparking so many good conversations. We have to talk about it, you know? Like, I think that's where people get in a lot of trouble. And I think about, you know, a couple weeks ago when Mitch said, like, there's a biblical literacy problem in the world. And it's like, you know, you you scroll on Instagram and you see people, like, saying stuff that's not in the Bible. And you watch a movie like this, and there's there's a lot of stuff that is not biblical. But because it's being presented by people who have who are in places of power who promote themselves as truth tellers, yeah, like unfortunately, people are gonna you know take that as gospel, and you know, I think there's fault on the marketers and there's fault on the market too. It's just one of those things like I wish kind of like how we were talking, Emily, with you know why is it important to take being a youth? you know, a youth minister or any young adult minister, seriously, I wish that these people who are in positions of power, who are creating content would take like the message of the gospel and like, I don't know, all of that seriously as well. Yeah. I think Mitch is right about the biblical literacy issue. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's another, you know, through the years, historical context. Right. Um, And so we've, raised up entire generations uh, of people who take the Bible completely 100% literal. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't put you down if that's what you believe. Like, I'm glad that you believe in the Bible. I think that it's easier for us to be a little bit more apologetics based if we can believe that some of the Bible is uh, allegorical or uh, right. something like mm-hmm. that um i think that we can also learn more from it and if we can understand that the translation of the bible we're probably missing some things in translation without knowing historical context we're missing some things without knowing um you know the different uh, sociological uh, nuances that are involved we miss some things and then if you get into a book like revelation and you're talking about things to come that you've seen visions that are going to happen in the future sure that makes for great theoretically great books great literature great tv <laughs> yeah. right but creative license does not then become scripture and if we have a whole generation of people who don't have that context then what is extraneous to the Bible will then also become fact because they don't know how to separate the two. Yeah. And we get caught up in imagery because that is how our corporeal being operates, right? That's a word. Human. I'm sorry. I've been. No, it's okay. Dad this morning. What do you expect? (laughs) The God fellows word of the week. Corporeal. Um, Word fellows. The word fellas. <laughs> yeah, I'll be on that one too. Um, <laughs> you know, that's how we operate in our humanity, right? 
We need sensory input because we live in human bodies. Yeah. But when you're trying to describe something, have you, okay, have you ever played that game where like you put a paper plate on your head and you hold a marker and someone says, okay, draw a triangle. And then from the bottom of that triangle, draw a line. And then from the, at the end of that line, draw a, a perpendicular line and that perpendicular line will be closed on the end with a half circle from side to side. Mm-hmm. Right. I have yeah. just described to the best of my ability, a very <laughs> simple sailboat shape. Right. Oh, right. That's not guaranteed that you're going to get right. that. <laughs> right. right? Not so, what I was picturing. Yeah. Yeah. So like translating my sensory experience to your sensory experience is sure. not going to create the same language. Right. So when you talk about creative <laughs> license for scripture, that is taking a sensory experience of one person who we believe has been inspired by God to write these things down to the best of his abilities. Right to the best of his abilities becomes a very key component because Mm -hmm. he's using the language he has to relate this information. And when we take it in, when we read the scripture, we count on the Holy spirit to speak and help interpret that to our own sensory experience, to our own understanding of how God speaks to us and how God moves in our lives Mm -hmm. and prophetic words can mean different things to different time periods. They can have different uh, connotations, different audiences, different, you know, like this is not set in stone. And if the Bible is living and active, then the words that it says can be fluid, right? Uh, It's going to have this, this movement to it by cementing it in one time frame, by putting it in a movie set in one time frame with one um, culture surrounding it. You notice how white this movie is too? You know, you've got all of these mm-hmm. nations leaders and all of these people coming to the table and yet every white one of the main players people. very white, <laughs> right? Like, there's and not... And mostly male. Yeah, all, well, uh, the women... Uh, pro, uh, the, uh, the production team is also... The whole... I mean, yeah. when I'm thinking back on the characters that I know from the books, there's really only one woman in the whole thing that stands out. And it's not even Chloe. Right, like it's not mm-hmm. like Hattie. What? Not Hattie. It's not Hattie. Oh, no. <laughs> Although her her story arc is wild. I did love how close she got to um, uh, Rayford Steele before they actually like do the kissing because that... Kirk Kirk Cameron and Chelsea Noble have a thing where like they don't want to kiss other people, which I get. I, hey, I get, I get it. Sure. I just like I just like the idea of like. Kirk like shivering in the corner while they were filming. <laughs> a little too close. I went, wow, they cut that like real, real close. <laughs> Kirk Cameron just on set and cut. The director's like, okay, sure, yeah. Hey, that guy just died last month. Did you know that? The guy, who, the director? No, the oh. guy, he just died last month. He had some great sweaters post conversion. <laughs> when he um... loves the good cardigan. I do. Well, folks, it's about that time where we're going to use our manners. Just like when they invited you to a lock-in at your local youth group, 
when I offer you more of uh, Left Behind, I would like for you to give me a yes, please, or a no, thank you. So, uh, Hannah, if you can get your parents to sign this permission slip, you can come to our lock-in uh, Friday night. What do you say? Uh, that sounds like a nightmare. No. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. No. I think this is... <laughs> Um, I think it's this is this is harmful. I I do. I think the message is harmful, especially today. It has not aged well. I don't think talking about world like international matters and um, you know, it, 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 it was not intentional that Zach and I chose uh, War Room and Left Behind um, back to back in the midst of all that's going on in the world right now. Um, that was not on purpose. I just want to clarify that. Um, but just being sensitive to those issues, I feel like people can really use faith to abuse like the terror that's happening around the world, not just with um, specifically right now with, with Russia and Ukraine, but it, with, with anything. And I think at the end of the day, for those of us who do believe um, in the Lord, that ultimately faith in him will triumph over any end times, because if we are, are truly... Um, believers in him why do we need to worry about the end of the world you know like so I think like it's good to know of course it's good to to read about the return of Jesus it's good to read your bible and be aware but don't don't spend your days freaking out about uh, when life's gonna end and all of that just focus on the Lord and growing deeper with him and that's what's important. All right. Well, Emily, uh, your sister said that she's not going to come to the lock-in, but you know, maybe if you come, she'll want to come too. No. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, what? What do you say? Do you would you like to uh, attend the lock-in? Never had a good lock-in experience. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, no, thank you. I would not like some more left behind. Uh, it's. I think the way that they portray Christians is lacking in the realities of the real world. No one's going to pick up a Bible that they just chucked in a mirror and then start reading it. <laughs> Sorry. That's just not, it's not real life, right? And no. it's, you know, when you hold intention, the reality that Jesus loves you and that he is coming back, right? You know, we don't want to deny that, but you hold that intention with um how the world is today and how when you marry those two together global christendom is not going to be centered in the united states and centered in you know new york city and chicago right this is not this is not keeping in mind the full redemption of the world that that Christ is offering that we look forward to, right? Like when we're looking forward yeah. to the rapture, when we're looking forward to Jesus' return, we're looking forward to the redemption of the world. And the way that this series portrays it, I think is out of touch. It's myopic and narrow-minded and uh, portrays Christianity in a, in a very unappealing light. Um, so that's a, that's a no from me, dog. Another early 2000s <laughs> reference. <laughs> Well, um, I guess the event is canceled because I also oh, don't want to go. And I, I mean, I, I think like I don't really have much more to say than, than has already been said, you know. So I think like I'll just get out of here on this. That for me, the love of Christ trumps fear 
every time. You know, like the love of Jesus, the love of our heavenly father is is way more compelling to me than, you know, scary things are going to happen. You know, because like the thing is is, you know, well, if scary things are going to happen, that, then I guess I'm just going to be scared, right? Like no, like you need <laughs> I feel like for a lot of people the f they were kind of pushing left behind first and the love of Jesus came after. And for me, that's that's the wrong order. It's like first and foremost, you have a God who so loves the world and that is like that is the good news. That is what we should be telling people rather than like, oh, look at look at all this scary stuff that's going to happen. Why won't you believe? So to me that that's my thing. Like I I I've seen this a few times now. Uh I I haven't enjoyed it. Like even even ironically, like this one Hannah and I are usually like taking notes. I was I was pretty checked out during my entire watch time on this. I'm going to be mm -hmm. completely honest. I was like I was playing games and like I kept getting up to go wash the dishes and Hannah kept going, "Do you want me to put it on pause?" It's like I I can hear it, okay? It's and like I've seen it already. <laughs> this movie was an hour 40 and it felt like an eternity. So, uh that's it's going to be a no thank you for me as The 7 uh, years will be an eternity. Yes. All right. So there is a lovely, lovely, lovely website that Zach and I are both a part of out there called Letterboxd, which is a uh, basically a social media site where you can rate movies uh, from zero stars to five stars and leave funny comments. Uh, so I did a little accurate reviews, but okay. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to read a movie review and the game is you have to guess if it's from a Kirk Cameron movie or if it's from Cats so this is fantastic 2019 Cats 2019 Cats okay. and this could be any Kirk Cameron film any Ooh, oh man I specifically chose from three okay would that be can I guess yeah you can guess Left Behind, Fireproof, Saving Christmas? Yes. Okay. Those were the three I could find on Letterboxd. Aha! Okay, hold on, let me... Wait. Yeah, sorry. All right, first review. This is my Avengers. Was that review about a Kirk Cameron movie or Cats? Ooh. That was either ironic or not. <laughs> Usually that's how statements go, yes. <laughs> Well, that was either like mega Christian or someone joking about cats. Yeah. No, I'm going to go with it, cats. I'm really hoping it's cats. I'll go with cats too. It is cats. Yes. <laughs> good. Good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Some of these are great. <laughs> okay. The next one is art was a mistake. Wait, what one? Art. Art. A R T. Art was a mistake. I'm also trying to think about what you would do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say you might have done back-to-back -back cats I'm, on that one. I don't see how that can fit into any context of a Kurt Cameron movie. Not Me that neither. I've seen any of the other ones, but I just don't understand. So I'm gonna say cats. <laughs> Me too. All right, it's cats. Yeah, it's cats. You're right. Don't need to come for me there. Two for two. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> At least the score is pretty okay. None of the scores in Kirk Cameron movies are pretty okay, but it'd be weird to talk about a musical. <laughs> At least the score is okay. It's really the crux of that movie. (laughs) Yeah, I'll say Kurt Cameron, but I really hope they weren't talking about Left Behind because let me tell you, flashbacks of all of this music were... You you know, this is the man who did McGee and Me, and I was just like, way to phone it in, Mr. Koval. (laughs) Yeah, that's got to be Kirk. That is. um, That was fireproof. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's bad. All right. The next one's a little bit lengthy. On a scale of all movies, <clears throat> this is the film equivalent of porridge. On a scale of only feel good movies, this is the oatmeal with the dinosaur eggs in it. Ooh. My daughter loves the oatmeal with the dinosaur eggs in it. I was going to Me say- too. <laughs> Here's. I don't know who would call cats a feel-good movie yeah no i feel like saving christmas would be a feel-good movie yeah me too i'm gonna say kirk cameron i'm gonna say i'm gonna say kirk specifically saving christmas it was a kirk cameron movie but it was fireproof that's a feel-good movie okay when he throws his wife against the wall and starts screaming in her say, face, that's okay. There were so many fireproof reviews that I wanted to read, but we'll just give it away. I'm sure. No, because they were too um, angry. No, uh, sexual. <laughs> I too smashed my computer after watching like things yeah. Like that. He destroys his computer instead of like talking to like a therapist. A ther- <laughs> the Jupiter Ascending sequel we deserve. <laughs> Ooh, that could go either way. Because Channing Tatum's like a wolf in Jupiter Ascending, but it's also like the Wachowskis, so it's very like. I understood spiritual. like three of those words, Zach, so it's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna say cats. I was gonna say cats, yeah. Uh, that is cats nice. yes all right just a few more by the way folks uh if you've not seen cats i've seen it five times is it good not at all do five. i love it absolutely yep it's one that i saw it in the theater the day it came out with like my one of my best friends and then somebody else was like i really want to see it and i was like oh i'm so in and didn't realize that they thought it was going to be good and then i watched it during like a watch party in the pandemic and then my, I had to rent it, so my sister's like, I'll watch it. <laughs> and then we watch partied it yet again. So I've I've seen Cats many times. Do you like You've it? seen it so many times. The movie? No. Okay. <laughs> I, but I love it. Okay. I, <laughs> Do yeah, I like it's it? It's not no. good. It's very, very bad. It's Didn't so, you see it back to back? No. In the theater, we yelled at the projectionist. We were like, one more time. Play it, oh. play it again. <laughs> Okay. All right. We've got three more. Okay. With some of the worst visual effects ever created, I can't recall feeling such palpable embarrassment for a filmmaker as during the opening scene. I'm going to say cats on that one, too. I'm going to say left behind. We're torn. Yeah. Bubba. One of us will finally lose. It is left behind. Hey! Oh, well done. 
But I thought that could go for cats. Uh, no, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I really did. I was thinking though, those special. Those... Oh, like the tanks and stuff. Yeah. All right, fair. <laughs> helicopter was really bad. And then, who's that guy who shows up like in Bible garb? Oh, there's like these prophets that end up in the first like few few books, and they they end up. I think they end up at the Wailing Wall or something. And they start oh. like speaking, but everyone can hear them in their native language. And they 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 just speak prophetic oh. things and like the coming of Christ and the, that sort of thing. And uh, they eventually end up. I think they basically get torched. Whether I think it's like Nikolai orders like flamethrowers or something like that. That like he he basically bombs these prophets. Um, it's a whole yeah. You're right. This, this whole series is graphic. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. When he showed when he showed up, I quoted Billy Eichner and Billy on the streets. I yelled out loud, <laughs> "Who is this person?" <laughs> well, well, well. The lowest rated film on Letterbox. That's got to be Saving Christmas. <laughs> I'll go with the Kirk Cameron, like, but I don't know which one. I because I feel like with Saving Christmas, like nobody would ironically give that five. Like I feel like Cats has a lot of ironic five star reviews. And maybe left behind, I feel like Saving Christmas is like, it's one of the most universally despised movies of all time. It is 100% Saving Christmas. Yeah! <laughs> it has a rating of lower than 0.45 stars. Let us know if you want us to talk about it this year on uh, our Christmas uh, Okay. <laughs> I want to go uh. <laughs> just to see how bad it is. How bad it is? Emily, Not to- so bad. I said that so, today after rewatching Left Behind, so I'm not sure that I can handle another one. It opens on Kirk Cameron wearing like a sweater in front of a fireplace, eating cookies, going like, "I gotta be honest, I, I love it all." Newsflash: Not in the Bible. That's a pagan idol symbol. It was the winter solstice? Jesus was not born in December. It's exactly what the Druids did. It's like a carjacking, but like of our religion. And guess what? Santa got in the car, kicked Jesus out, and was like, rolling, 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 and took and took it. Isn't it time somebody spoke up? And then, like, the rest of the movie has that energy. So it's me writing scripts circa 2000. The year yes. 2000. Excellent. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Can I just say, when we're talking about Kirk Cameron on the whole, yeah. loved him in Growing Pains. I grew up on yeah. that show. He was great. Sure. And then he found Jesus. <laughs> and I don't know what happened. Another podcast called him a vanilla cupcake in this movie, and nothing has been so accurate. I was like, yep, you got it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All I know is that he called me an adorable little girl when I was like four. Yeah. Because I um, got into the elevator c- with him because I was impatient waiting for my mom. That was my encounter with Kirk. Oh, Cameron. yeah, I forgot. I got my picture taken with Kirk. We're and we'll friends. put that on the pod. That's at Godfellas the pod. The picture of me and Kirk? Yeah. And yeah. maybe the since you mentioned uh, your um, karate class, maybe we'll put your karate picture up there, nice. too. Uh, nope. <laughs> we shall do no such thing. Okay, last one. And right. personally, my favorite. Ooh. Tag yourself. I'm credited as very attractive baby. Oh, that's uh, that's left behind. I saw it in the credits. One of the uh, <laughs> one of the characters was ba- very attractive. Baby missed that. I did see Rebecca St. James though having a role. 
Yeah, weird. Interesting. Uh, well, yes, that is left behind. Very attractive baby. Which, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did anyone else hear the baby cry? Like when he first went into at the very beginning when they were escaping all the bomb. Yeah. The bombs, and they like they walk into like the the house that turns into a secret underground like <laughs> lair. But like, yeah, not, there's like no. a baby cry, and I'm like, who has mm-hmm. a baby here? Get to work at this top secret thing. In conclusion, folks, Left Behind is on uh, Prime, and I don't know. I feel like maybe if you have the right group of people together, this could be like a fun, ironic watch. But uh, don't do that. Watch like anything else. Uh, I don't know. Watch like Turning Red this week, or go see go see the Batman. Like, there's much better things you could do with your time than watch uh, Left Behind. But we're very grateful that you listened to this episode, and we're so grateful to our guest, the wonderful, the amazing Mrs. Emily Stothert. Emily, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Like to plug? Um, mm-hmm. Yes? Question mark? Listen, and if any of you are high schoolers and you are looking for um, looking at colleges, uh, I would invite you to consider uh houghton college as a christian liberal arts college four year they have plenty of degree programs they've drastically reduced their um tuition costs so they're one of the cheapest colleges in the nation yeah wow and bonus that's who i work with so uh you'll uh get invited to my house like on a weekly basis after church and i make food so uh, emily can cook y'all thank you yeah, and you'll meet some of the cutest children to ever exist. Yeah, so if you know any high schoolers who are looking for a quality Christian education, um, I'm an alum too, so I'm biased, but I can vouch for a quality Christian education in uh, the four-year bachelor's programs. So uh, just check it out. Give them a quick quick Google search, H-O-U-G-H-T-O-N, Houghton. We'll put a, a link in the show notes. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Hannah? Uh, I am going to plug at Godfellas the pod on Instagram. Um, just follow us. That's all I ask. And you'll get right behind now. the scenes stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I'll plug my um, worship collective that I am a part of. It's that time that we're coming up on our one year anniversary of the recording of Thou Silver Moon, our live album, oh, where yeah. I had mono, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> um, that's Unbound. You can find us on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music. Um, Unbound. The album is called Thou Silver Moon. Uh, my song is Wonder, if you particularly want to check that one out. Um, yeah. It's lit. But until next time, I've been Mr. Zach. I've been. Um, uh, I was going to try to do a left behind reference. I miss Hannah. <laughs> uh, I have been and I will continue to be SASF director Emily. Well, the adventure is over. We're all heading home. But I hope that you know, friends, you're never
I would like to uh, just let everyone know the schedule for the rest of the month. Uh, our next episode, as I mentioned earlier, will be the Disney film Prince Caspian, and we'll be joined by our beautiful friends, the secondhand film critics. Woo! And then to finish out the month of Mark Madness. Wow. They said it probably shouldn't be done. <laughs> but we are going to end the month talking about Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ. Wow. So, um, you know, both those movies are on streaming. So Just in time for Easter. Uh-huh. Just in time for Easter. And then everyone in April... We are going to be taking a break because Hannah and I will be very, very busy with our wedding. And then we'll be back in May. We're working on some fun giveaways. So yep. make sure you're following us on Instagram like and Hannah was saying. it'll be a great time to catch up on old episodes. I know weekly, sometimes we don't always have the time. So in April, make sure you revisit some of our season two and season one episodes. Exactly. 